Welcome to Dear Patriarchy Podcast. This is the Gaslit Person's Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. We are two sisters armed with facts and statistics. We are destigmatizing the plight of the working person. My name is Lisa. Welcome. I'm Jennifer. Welcome as well. Hi. This Wait, is am I welcoming myself. Yes, welcome to okay. myself. <laughs> this is our series three of finale. We've been off a bit in finally. the last. Fin- finally, it's our finale. That's so funny. That's such a dad joke. So uh. we've been off a bit in the last week with sickness, with overwork, with all sorts of things, and we had to take a step back. But here we are closing the series out, and. It's been kind of a busy series. I think we've really covered some topics that I loved talking about, but it was very heavy. (laughs) But it's been just a a crazy fucking year as well. So, like, there's that. Jenny, what are your... What comes into your head when you think back about our series? Loads of mini breakdowns, uh, FYI. I, lots of mini breakdowns because we just couldn't make it work, but we needed to keep going. Yeah. I thought, you know, we started off with, I felt like this season we actually got to talk about the things that were like really close to our heart rather than trying to kind of shoehorn it into the corporate conversation. Yeah. I really loved the We Say Gay episode. Oh. I really liked um, internalized misogyny. Um, I thought your breakdown on imposter syndrome was amazing. Oh. My feminism obviously was fantastic. I like speaking through the reckoning and getting a job your way. And I think that we should always have a season of a sub series within each series about kind of that business coaching space, because you and I have so many resources that, you know, have been crammed down our throats that it's neat to be able to share all of that institutional knowledge that we've got. I agree. It's been we've gotten a lot of feedback. I know we did it in three parts, like to get a job, and I think we probably could have done an entire season on it. And oh my gosh, we've gotten so much feedback about people that said I quit my job because of you, you know, and and we had someone that read our book that said I got a divorce because of you, and that you can, <laughs> which is a good look, thing. <laughs> They're happy no, about I, it. <laughs> I think that as women, we're you know programmed so much to kind of just regurgitate um, this dream that we're fed and told that we want, and. I think that comes into play in the corporate world, but also in our personal lives. I think it's hilarious that our Mother's Day episode, Family Protection Mark's Mother's Day episode, was kind of like don't become um, a mother, anti-mother. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I think things don't have to be phrased as like you're either for it or you're against it. I think it's okay to have real conversations, and I think so many people are confrontation averse, which I know that I am, and to all avoid confrontation at all costs, but like to the detriment of myself. And when we started this podcast, it's always been about like being real and having the real conversations that you and I have in our private lives all the yeah. time, really forcing each other to, pushing each other to kind of think through things and be the best that we can be as far as like pursuing our mental health, our physical health, everything. And I think that carrying that over into the podcast and giving like real world statistics and facts, thank you, because I don't ever come prepared, yeah. um, <laughs> but, but also like giving anecdotal support, I think that that's kind of the beauty of what we are creating here. And I think that pretty much every podcast we put out, I've been like, oh, that's that's my favorite one. That's our best work to date. Yeah, we always have that moment, right, where we say, like, did you listen to it? 
And there's always something that we, when we listen to, like I'll listen to you say something and I'll say that for me really resonated and it actually helped me get to a point of finality on something or it opened up a new sort of gateway of communication that I really needed. I needed to go there, you know, and you've always been a very grounding force in the sense that you're very pragmatic and you're also, you are always the voice of, of what is affordable, you know, like you more than me, because I look at research and statistics, I tend to be like, this is what I found and this is what you should do. And you're like, okay, so in real life, (laughs) this is what happens because you're that, you've got that base of, of pulling us back to the more feet on the ground, lived experience kind of a thing. Does that make sense? You're just so better at that than me. Humanitarian rather than a research. Yeah. Well, mm. I think I think that that's why we I think we balance each other out well because of that. Also, you're a good storyteller, which is awesome. Um, well, I just also don't think in fact. I don't think in facts and statistics. Yeah. Well, it's a shame because it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I have a really good time. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I love looking at, um, I do like social media work, although that's changing, thankfully. <laughs> um, and looking, I love looking at statistics when they're pulled for me, but when I have to pull statistics, which is arguably the research on my work, it like, it is just like one eye open snore fest. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I know. Okay. Well, I like it. And then... I want to hear what you thought about the season. So, I think I really enjoyed doing the mini breakdowns because it did give us the time to have... It's hard for us to align. So, for anyone that that listens and doesn't know, Jennifer lives on the East Coast of the United States. I live just outside of London in the United Kingdom. It is hard with full lives because we both work full time. We both have children. Um, it is really hard to find time to make this, make recordings happen, make the research that goes into the recordings happen, and then doing all the editing and then like putting it onto the systems and sending it out onto the podcast platforms. All of that takes time. And um, because we don't get remunerated for it, it it's some, sometimes the thing that has to take a bit of a back step to the things that are urgent and dire and need attention first, i.e. our children and, you know, keeping everyone alive, keeping ourselves alive, all that kind of stuff. So The mini breakdowns, having that flexibility and like being able to say, I had this on my mind. And while, because Jenny and I are separated time-wise, time time span-wise, we don't, we're not always, and we're in two different, effectively two different political spaces. Um, Yes, let's just Republican. We've been waiting to tell you all. I didn't know how to say it. I'm a little bit of a centrist. I don't know if you know. No, 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 no. So, I mean, that's... I'm neutral on Roe v. Wade. Oh, my God. I sit at our fire pit outside and say, I'm neutral on this. Sorry, did that... Was that person capable of carrying a child? Um, I believe he sometimes noticed he had a child, but he was really good at carrying a gun. Oh. Why was that person around your fire pit? Who did he belong to? Ew, send him home. Alice was a stay-at-home mom. He was was the husband of one of Alice's stay-at-home mom friends. Oh my gosh. They traveled through. It was fun. No, thank you. But that's a story for another day. So yeah, so the mini breakdowns for me were the most fun. Actually, it's fun doing the one I did. But yeah, you did great. You did great on yours. I really thought... 
that the feminism, the white feminism and the uh, imposter syndrome ones were kind of hit me the hardest. I think the imposter syndrome, just looking at that through the lens of, um, to, through different lenses of oppression, but specifically the, the lens of systemic racism, that's a really eye-opening and important conversation to, to have been privy to be able to see. Um, it got brought to our attention by the consciously who we follow, but ultimately it came from Joanna Hollingsworth and she had heard uh, Dr. Amanda Tashin speak about how imposter syndrome that was theorized in 1978 was theorized by two white women psychologists. They didn't have a varied group that they were looking at when they when they had this. And also feeling like an imposter is almost a universal thing. I know there've been a lot of tallies of like, if you have more testosterone, you don't feel this. But it is quite a universal feeling. And it's it's universal, especially when you're looking at a group of people entering a space that wasn't built for or has had them in mind when it was being built. So feeling like an imposter in a space that wasn't built for you, of course. And then yeah. being expected to perform in a space that wasn't built for you doesn't applaud you and doesn't raise you up, doesn't elevate you when you do the work that you're supposed to be doing, that you see other people doing, that gets them elevated, of course. But by minimizing that feeling and saying it's you, it's the individual's responsibility, it's not actually this obstacle that's been put in place by an oppressive structure, you really let people, you let the system off the hook and you put too much responsibility on the individual. And that is not fair. We always talk, we talk about this in our book, which we're going to talk about a bit more in a bit, um, bit by bit, lots of bits. Um, so bitty. So bitty is that when someone is in an oppressed group, they should not be, be given more work to do to get themselves out of that oppressive, out of that oppressed state. You don't put it on the individual, you change the system behind it. But also, I believe... I'm sorry, your mid-thought. Go ahead. Keep going. No, that was it. I was just saying change the system behind it, but also that's a huge task. So you have to be... You have to recognize the oppressive system. You have to then call that oppressive system out and work daily on, on the things that you actually can do in order to mitigate and help shift away from that oppressive system is the better way to put it. That was it. I also think that the kind of like the most insidious part of all this is that and you touched on it but just to put it in kind of like layman's terms like the fact that we're blaming telling women that the reason they feel uncomfortable or they don't feel up to the work or they feel hampered by their past experience is because of something that they're doing that is their problem it's their issue I know you just said this but like yep. that's so like it's the ultimate gaslighting and yep. every single woman girl person black white brown no matter what, anyone that's part of like any type of group that has typically been oppressed or silenced or marginalized within the corporate structure has been told this imposter syndrome garbage. Yep. And it's put on us by the patriarchal foundation that like absolutely cannot, absolutely will do, will stop it. Nothing to hide the structures that are built against anyone who's not a white head cis man. Yeah. And so. To put it back on you, and so, and I know that when I have been told, oh, it's just imposters, oh, imposters, blah, 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 it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel heavy. It makes me feel like I'm going to fail this and it's my fault. It's just, it's so unfair. At an individual level, you can't uproot and create a new structure. 
can uproot an oppressive structure and create a new structure, one person on your own. You need help and you need people to recognize that the oppressive structure is in place. For so long, there's been such a, a fluffy view of, well, women, you just need to be a bit more like this. You need to be a bit, act a bit more like a man. You need to be a bit more aggressive, you know. But also we know that when you are working in a corporate environment that is very aggressive, men suffer from that as well. So although men sort of tout the, the company line of we like to be aggressive, we like to be compete, we like to be competitive, it's affecting men's mental health as well whether they want to talk about it or not talk about it. But it does feel like there is more that's being talked about in a mental health space by men, which is very important. And hopefully that means that there's a shift going on. I would say definitely just one thing I'll say topically is um, women's football, i.e. women's soccer, has not had the time of day in the country where I live, which is the United Kingdom. So I live in England. And yesterday, the women's football team, the Lionesses, just won the Euros. And it was such a wonderful, that's a really big competition, by the way. (laughs) And every four years when the Euro competition happens, there's this hideous peak and trough of every football fan in this country hoping the men's football team is going to make it to the end and they never do. And the women's football team is incredible. They've made it to the end. They just beat Germany in the final, and they've won. And it was so awesome to see videos of huge... So Wembley Stadium, where it was played, was sold out. It hasn't been on this level. They haven't been afforded this ability to be so visible. And there were people setting up screens in Manchester and in places that are typically very steeped in the patriarchy. These northern towns, Newcastle, Manchester, and they're full of people watching it, cheering... And it was as vibey, as excited as it was for the men's football. And I could hear shouts down my street every time the Lionesses scored a goal. And that was amazing because it's not happened before. And I've lived over here for 15 years. And I just think there's a shift there. There's a shift happening. As topical as it is to talk about football, I know that's not everybody's bag and not everybody's into it. But there is a shift happening. And I heard men that I that normally would not be giving too much attention to a woman's sport, you know, because women's sports are deemed as less than we're able to have those conversations. Now we're able to say, why do they get paid less? Why are they not getting the same sponsorships? Why? Because we know that they can win. We know that they can command audiences. So all of the things that were holding these women's sports back from not being viewed as equal by a patriarchal structure, those have kind of been knocked out. And I'm just really excited to see what happens moving forward. And I love that there was that shift. It's very cool. It's very cool, and but I do feel like whenever women's teams have this um, have this kind of more widely recognized success, that there is always a season where people are appreciating them and like speaking yeah. out for their stuff. I just I'm just looking forward to a time where it can kind of always be that way. I feel yep. like in yep. my lifetime, I've seen the troughs and valleys of women's sports. And, um, you know, there was a time when we were kind of in high school age and the WNBA got a lot of yeah fanfare. And then it just kind of went to the background and yep. the forefront became men's sports as always is. I mean, I went to a, I went to a school that arguably had the best women's team led by Pat Summit for a couple of years. And women's sports were very celebrated during the seasons but then our football team that the college I went to the football team that didn't do great but had a you know had a player that everyone worships and still does 
was always given those props. Yeah. Even though they weren't that good. Yeah. Um, so, not to, I'm not, I just, I just, you know. No, it's fine. I'm hoping with, with everything that's in the, in the news, everything that we're kind of going through as a society that, that um, we can propel things forward and um, have that celebration of women in sport and, you know, it all ties back into everything, right? It's like how women's yeah. art is called crafting. A hundred percent to all of that. Um, so obviously we have a lot of conversations that we can still have and we're looking forward to our next season. We've got a lot of exciting things Coming down the pipeline, I know we say that all the time. There will be a workshop at some point soon. Lisa and I have both kind of shifted our focus professionally, and we're working on some really exciting things together. And hopefully in this coming season, we can actually take this podcast that we are so thankful that you listen to to a place where we can start to build a community and continue to grow as we have been growing. And we just want to say that we're so thankful to all of you that listen week after week and the feedback that we receive and just all of the kudos and props that you send to us and... Your messages in the email and just how engaged everyone is on social media lately has been such a joy and so fulfilling for Lisa and I. And we couldn't have imagined that this is where we'd be a year and a half after we kind of got started on our podcast. So thank you. And also our book is going to come out in October. We don't have the launch date yet, but if you want to get on the pre-order list, go to our social media and hit the link in our link tree that takes you to our mailing list. Everybody on the mailing list is going to get a heads up on when the pre-order starts. So get yourself on the mailing list, get yourself uh, involved. It's a great book. It's so much of what we talk about on social media. It's all of the things that are there and more. It's been the work of the better part of five years We are so happy to get it out. We are so excited for you to have it in your hands. And we hope that you buy it. And it will be fantastic. And then, like Jenny said, more stuff to come. Merch bits. We've got some great designs we're going to put out there um, that we can put on different bits, but also that you can sort of take away and use. So it's going to be super, super exciting. Can't wait. Very much. So great job this season, Lisa. Great job, Jenny. (laughs) As always. Eekly for Oh, Follow us on patriarchypod at gmail.com. Well, email us at at Follow us on Instagram at dearpatriarchypod. We don't really do Twitter or Facebook, so just follow us on Instagram. Yep. Or TikTok. Yep. That's all. As always, love, love, light, and good night. Good night.